we're going to lift up our voices as we sing, Are You Washed in the Blood? And then there is power in the blood. Lift up your voices this morning. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin. Flowing for the soul unclean Are we washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood? In the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood power in the blood would you or evil a victory win there's wonderful power in the blood there is power power wonder working power in the blood of the lamb there is power power wonder working power in the precious blood of the lamb would you be wider much wider there's power in the blood, power in the blood. Sin saints are lost in its life-giving flow. There's wonderful power in the blood. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Good to see each of you in the Lord's house this morning. That is great singing to start out our worship hour. Let's go to him in prayer. Ask God to come and meet with us this morning. Father in heaven, we come before you and we thank you for your many, many blessings to us. And I pray that you would give each of us that Holy Spirit guidance in our worship, that it would be you that stirs us to bring to remembrance the things we've learned, that it would be you that would stir us to draw nearer to you. We thank you for each person who has set aside time to honor you in worship. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Please be seated.
as we sing come people of the risen king and then jesus saves 
Come, people of the risen King, who delight to bring Him praise. Come all in tune your hearts to sing to the morning star of praise. From the shifting shadows of the earth, we will lift our eyes to Him. Where steady arms of mercy reach to gather children in. Rejoice, rejoice, let every tongue rejoice. One heart, one voice, O Church of Christ, rejoice. Come young and old from every land, men and of the faith. Come those with full or empty hands, find the riches of His grace. Over all the world His people sing, shore to shore we hear them call. The truth that cries through every age, our God is all in all. Rejoice, rejoice, tongue rejoice one heart one voice O church of Christ rejoice hear the heart of heaven beating Jesus saves Jesus saves and the hush of mercy breathing, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Hear the host of angels sing, glory to the newborn King. And the sounding joy repeating, Jesus saves. See the hearts adore him Jesus saves Jesus saves and the wisest bow before him Jesus saves Jesus saves see the sky alive with praise melting darkness in its place there is light forevermore Jesus saves He will live our sorrow sharing Jesus saves Jesus saves He will die our burden bearing Jesus saves Jesus saves It is done We'll shout the cross Christ has paid redemption's cost while the empty tombs declaring Jesus saves freedom's calling chains are falling hope is dawning bright and true day is breaking night is quaking God is making all Jesus saves, free 
grace, how great a debtor, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, I'm the saints who shout together, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, rising up so vast and strong, lifting up salvation song, the sing forever Jesus saves Amen. Please be seated. Christ is my firm foundation The rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaking I've never been more glad That I put my faith in Jesus Cause He's never let me down He's faithful through generations So why would He fail now? He won't he won't and i've still got joy in chaos i've got peace that makes no sense so i won't be going under i'm not held by my own strength because i built my life on jesus and he's never let me down he's faithful through every season so why would he fail now he won't he won't he won't fail he won't fail was built on you and I'm safe with you I'm gonna make it through rain came wind blew but my house was built on you and I'm safe with you I'm gonna make it through yeah, I'm gonna make it through Cause I'm standing strong on you Yeah, I'm gonna make it through Cause my house is built on you Christ is my firm foundation The rock on which I stand When everything around me is shaking I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus Cause He's never let me down He's faithful through generations 
so why would he fail now he won't he won't fail he won't fail he won't fail he won't We appreciate very much Brother John and his music ministry. He works full-time for the church, uh, music and youth. If you would like to be a part of the music ministry, please come and talk to John or to Sandra Joe. Um, specials, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, if, if so be. He would be able to work with you in uh, duets, trios, quartets, work with your friends. Uh, let's all minister together in, in music. Amen? Amen. Absolutely. And he loves it. It's his passion. And so give him a call. This morning, we're going to turn to the book of Revelation. Last book in your Bible. Look all the way there. Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. One verse, but a really pivotal verse. Um, John is the author of the book of Revelation under the inspiration of God. And John has been exiled, not this John. It's a whole change of subject. Uh, but John has been exiled to Patmos, which is an island. Uh, at that time in history, the Roman Empire, they did not have uh, prisons like the United States has. The idea of um, the, the prison system like the U.S. has where they warehouse people sometimes for lifetimes uh, was not a part of the Roman Empire. When they dealt with criminals, they dealt with them in pretty segmented ways. Uh, if you were on the lower tier and you were a horrible criminal, you would either go to the mines and work for Rome until you died, or they would just execute you. However, if you are a person of another level in society or culture where they didn't feel comfortable going ahead and just putting you to death or sending you to the mines, they would go ahead and find a place to send you. They didn't kill you. They didn't wear you down to the bone. They just warehoused you for a period of time. That's exactly what's happening with John. John has been exiled by the Roman Empire to the island of Patmos. So listen as I read this in Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. He says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. We all of a sudden get a little glimpse into the latter years of John. And he tells us a little bit about his ministry at the end of the verse, and we're going to talk about that. But what we're really interested in is his greeting to the people. He's letting us know where he is, and the people of that time, they would know what that was about, this exile community in Patmos. The latter part telling us 
how he sees God put that into place. But the first part he's linking to you and I throughout time. That's our focus this morning. Let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, I pray that you be with us as we look at this verse. I pray that you help us to draw from it applicable truth to our life, our, our Christian walk, that we might draw from it truths that help us to shape our thinking, shape our, our walk, that in every way we may honor you with our lives just as John did on Patmos. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. So here John is writing the book of Revelation while in exile on Patmos. And when you look at the very last part of verse 9, I want you to see he says, He's in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. That is so important for us to grasp because he's saying he didn't go into, oh, woe is me. I'm in Patmos because somebody got mad at me about talking, to Je uh, talking about Jesus. Oh, woe is me. I'm living in a persecution. I'm living under the heavy hand of Rome. I'm living under the religious pressure from uh, Jerusalem and the Jews. He's not doing any of that. He's saying, God has a purpose for me where I am right now. And he says, the purpose in God having me in exile is for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And this morning, as I go into this, I want you to pull from that and understand that God has you where you are for his purpose. Wherever it is, whatever you do, whatever your circumstances are, if you're live streaming this morning and you're in prison, God has a purpose for you to be there. He will work with you while you're there for the fulfilling of that purpose, no matter where we are in the world. So as we look at this, John simply reminds us that God has a purpose, that he might write the word of God, which you and I are looking at right now, and that he might be a testimony of Jesus Christ. Every one of us connects to that. Now, my real text is in the beginning. He says, I, John, who also am your brother. He reaches out to fellow believers, people just like you and I, in his day all the way to today. When we look at this, we understand the link we have, the brotherhood we have. When we look at the world we live in today, there's lots of brotherhoods. There are people who work in the professional realm. And they have a brotherhood among lawyers, doctors, teachers, that, that white-collar worker brotherhood. But that's not our brotherhood. There's the brotherhood of policemen, firemen, mailmen. People who work under that structure. But that's not our brotherhood. There are those of us who our brotherhood, our sisterhood, is based upon our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning as we had our men's prayer breakfast, one of the guys gave a testimony. And he said, you know what, I'm so glad to be here this morning. 
Victory Baptist Church is my second family. And I completely understand that. And that's what John is talking about. He is saying that you and I, him and I and you, we are connected through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have that brotherhood. It's deeper than education. It's deeper than vocation. Peter talks about it. If you'll turn with me to 1 Peter, and I'm going to show you several verses in 1 Peter where he references this relationship we have as brothers and sisters in Christ. If you'd look with me at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. First Peter chapter 1, verse 22. And we come down and it says, Seeing you have purified your souls in the obeying of the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. So Peter, under the inspiration of God, God is saying to you and I, listen, our link one with another is that our souls have been purified by obeying the truth through the spirit, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You and I, when, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, a spiritual miracle happens. He says we are washed even white as snow. Our hearts are cleansed through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And here Peter says, listen, we are linked together. That's our brother and sisterhood. We are blood relatives through the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's so interesting as he comes down in, in here and he says... It is unto an unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Sandra Joe and I stood up here today, 46 years today, that we were married. And we've raised our kids. Our kids are grown. Now we have grandkids. They're growing up. The oldest one's a teenager. But you know, I remember when my kids were kid kids, little kids. And I don't know about you, but my kids every once in a while would get into it. They'd fight. How many have ever seen kids fight? I mean, they can verbally fight. I've seen my grandson, my daughter has five grandsons. I've actually seen them duke it out. I thought, wow, I never saw my kids do that. You know, because I have one boy and one girl and I, I'd have wrung his neck if he'd ever done that to his sister. But. Um, but for sure, those kids would fight. And then every once in a while, if I, was, if I was close enough to be connected to that, I'd say, come here. I want you to hug each other. And I want you to say you're sorry. Man, I'm telling you, there's not a kid on earth who wants to hug their sister or brother <laughs> when they've just had a fight. But I would look at them and I would say to them, listen, in all that's going to transpire in your life, you are never going to have another brother and another sister. And you will need to defend each other and love each other throughout your lives. So you may be mad today, but I'm going to make you hug it out and say you're sorry. And they would do it. And that's what Peter's doing here. When we look down at this verse in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, he's saying, with unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart 
fervently. Look, look with me at chapter 2, verse 17 in 1 Peter here. He comes down and he says, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. I want you to note that in the midst of all that's going on in life, he says you need to love your brothers and sisters in Christ. You and I are in the battle together. You and I are the remnant of God in Vermont, in the United States, and in this big wide world. We are the brethren who should love one another fervently. Yes, we need to go ahead and honor all men. Yes, we need to fear God. Yes, we need to honor the king. But he says, love the brethren. Love the brethren. Now, I want you to look at one other with me. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3. Verses 8 and 9. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Again, he hits it, doesn't he? Be pitiful, be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing. Knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. I love the, the last part of that verse. He says, be a blessing so that you inherit a blessing. And how do you do that? He says, you do it by working together in unity in the first part of verse 8. You do it by having compassion one of another. You do it as loving your brethren. You do it by having pity for others. Be courteous. Don't render evil for evil or railing for railing. Instead, be a blessing. And if you be a blessing, you'll get a blessing. Well, I don't know, pastor. Man, I'll tell you, blessings are far and few between. And you know what? If you go through your whole life looking for the lack of, you'll find the lack of. But if you look for the blessing, you'll see the blessing. It's kind of like living in Vermont. For me, to, to really enjoy Vermont, I have to look up. That's how I do it. So when we're getting ready to go into mud season, aren't we, Captain? Last thing I want to do is always be looking down. Man, oh man, it's so miserable to live in Vermont. Wow, look at all this mud tracking in the house. Sandra Joe's going to kill. Oh man, oh, man. I'm not looking down is going to get you nothing. So you know what I do is I look up. And I look at the mountain horizon and I think, wow, we live in a beautiful place. Yesterday, I was driving uh, Sandra Joe, kind of a pre-celebration of our 46 years. We bought a pizza for supper last night. <laughs> and it was cold out. Did you, did you see how cold it was? I went and got the pizza. 46 year gift to Sandra Joe. So I went out there, I drove, got the pizza, and I'm driving back home. Wow. Did you see the moon last night? So listen, if the whole time I was looking down, you know, this person said this, or this happened, or this, or this, or this, look at this mud, look at this ground, brown, no snow, I would have missed the moon. And the moon, when I was there, was partly cut out by the top of the mountains. 
So I saw the moon with the mountains. And I said to myself and the Lord, it's so beautiful here. Thank you, Lord. It's so beautiful. Life is that way. If you're always looking down, you will miss the blessings. You have to look up. Get rid of the mully grubs in your marriage, in your home, at your school, on your job, in your church. Love the brethren. Be courteous. Be kind one to another. Love one another. Do all those things that you might be a blessing. And he says the blessings will come to you too. That's a life lesson for us all, isn't it? So you see John as he comes to this section. He tells us he's writing to you and I as brothers and sisters in Christ. Blood brothers and sisters in Christ. In our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want you to go back with me if you would to our text there in Revelation chapter 1. Verse 9, and I want you to see the second thing he says. I need to get there myself. Revelation chapter 1, verse 9, he says, I, John, who also am your brethren and companion in tribulation. So interesting that he doesn't just say, I'm in tribulation. He says, I'm your companion in tribulation. Now he's, he's a prisoner. He's in exile. He's had to leave his family, his friends, his community. He's, he's been isolated. Now this is not, this is not like one of those uh, white collar uh, jail houses where they've got pool and golf and all that kind of stuff. This is an exile to a very remote and pretty barren place. And he says to all of us, all his brothers and sisters in Christ, he says, you know what? You and I are in this together and we are companions in tribulation. You see, everybody has their struggles. Every one of us in our own way, our own shape, our own form. Now he could have highlighted his, but he's drawing us in. He's giving us a hug, isn't he? He's drawing us in and he's saying, I know that you're going through your tribulations too. This morning as I came up into the foyer, I saw Connie Gilbert standing in the foyer. And I went over and I said, Connie, I'm so sorry because her brother passed yesterday. And you and I, she's our sister in Christ. And she needs that hug. She needs to know that we all care. It's part of who we are. And that's what, that's what John is doing. He's right reaching out to all of us. Because all of us are companions in tribulation. John chapter 16 verse 33. It says, I have spoken unto you. That in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We find our victory, our peace. We find our joy, not in the things of this world, but in the Lord. He is the one who brings us through those dark valleys and through those tough mountains. 
He is the one that helps us to see over the horizon and have hope and peace. And so here we find in the scriptures, yes, we all face tribulations. We all deal with the tribulations of this life. And they are myriad, they are many, and they are unique. Starting from this side and going around, they're all unique. And we have to remember that about one another, just as John is remembering here. Romans chapter 8, verse 18 says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So the apostle writes, as God inspires him, he says, let's get some things into perspective. That's what John is doing for us. He's pulling some things into perspective. He's saying, you're my, you're, you're my companion in tribulation. Yes, he's suffering for Christ in exile in Roman prison on the Isle of Patmos. But you know what he says to us? And Paul says to us, God says to us, the tribulation we go through on this side is nothing compared to the joy on the other side. If you've ever listened to the old Negro spirituals, the old songs that the slaves sang, they were not about this side. They were about the other side. Looking, looking, looking. Swing low, sweet chariot. Bring me to the other side. Looking for that blessed hope, that peace, that understanding that whatever your tribulation is on this side, it washes away in comparison to what God has for us on the other side. Look at what he goes on to say in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. He says, I, John, who also am your brother and your companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. He talks about the kingdom. Biblical illustrator, or very, uh, it's a very universal theological book I go to sometimes to just pull out a clear definition for everybody. And I'm going to read to you the biblical illustrator's definition of the kingdom of God. It is the sphere of society, the state or realm in which God's will is obeyed. And then besides that, there is a wider sense of the expression in which Christ's kingdom stretches all through the universe and wherever the authority of God is, there is the kingdom of the exalted Christ who is the right hand and active power of God. You and I, we are companions in the kingdom of God. I'm proud to be an American. I think we live in the, the best country in the world. I'm, I, I'm proud to be a Vermonter. Do I agree with everything? No. But do I love the beauty of it? I do. I, I'm, I'm proud to be married to Sandra Joe. 
Do I feel bad for her? Sometimes I do. <laughs> but there's nothing like being part of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God being beyond right here, but including right here. Beyond the mission field all around the world, but including the mission field. Beyond our universe, but including our universe. Beyond into, as far as we can see, unto the very heavens, the throne of God, but including that. It is the kingdom of God. And you and I are fellow companions in that. Someday, and it will come, someday everyone, every one of us in this room will be on the other side. We will know as we are known. And someday we will see the kingdom of God in its entirety, which we cannot right now. And we will stand in awe. And John says, you and me and him, we are companions in the kingdom of God. But it is interesting as we come down, Revelation chapter 1 verse 9, not only are we companions in tribulation, not only are we companions in the kingdom and uh, the kingdom of God, but look with me at the last part of that, and also the patience of Jesus Christ. Isn't it interesting that a man who has been exiled to the island of Patmos simply for preaching the gospel, he says, you know what? We are fellow brothers and sisters in Christ in being patient in the Lord Jesus Christ. We wait on him in our lives. Now, sometimes we really want to rush it along, don't we? Come on, come on. It's kind of like the pandemic we all came through. Man, we just want that thing to be over. Had enough of that. But it had to work through its time, didn't it? Had to work through its pieces. We had to come out of the other side, shake it off like a dog shakes water off its coat, and then just move on. But we had to be patient. And there's so many things in our lives. And John, he is just being patient in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to do what God called him to do, where he's at, with what he has, as God enables him. He's just going to wait on the Lord. And you and I in our lives, you might be raising small children. Talk to somebody who has raised them. It goes by that fast. Maybe, you, maybe you're raising teenagers and they are really kind of testing your limits. To talk to somebody who's raised them. That's also just a little window of time in your life. Talk to some of those folks like, like Jean and Barb or Connie and Louie who've been married over 60 years, right? How many years, Jean? 65. 65, Louie? 60 years. They've seen a lot of life come over the waterfalls. They've seen good times, bad times, lean times, plentiful times. But they have learned to live life day by day with the Lord Jesus Christ, patiently waiting on him as he walks them through. And John says to every one of us here, 
We are fellow companions in that patience in the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 9 verse 51 says, And it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up, Jesus steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Jesus came and he did his ministry, his, his three, three and a half years upon this earth. And you know, as he saw his time coming towards the cross, he set his face steadfastly. And he started drawing his apostles, his disciples, to Jerusalem. He knew what was coming. He knew the sacrifice that would be made. He knew the suffering he would endure for your sins and mine, not his own. And yet Jesus patiently did what the Father called him to do. And you and I in our lives, listen, God has you here for a purpose, for a reason. We're each in our own Patmos, whatever that may be. We're each in the place God has for us. And we come together as brothers and sisters in Christ. We come together as companions with the goal and objective of doing that which he has for us, that we might honor him. John could have wrote many things, but God inspired him to write that verse. That we might take it and reflect and understand that we're in it together. Him, his time, Christians throughout time, and you and I. We're in this together. Thank you so much for coming and being in the Lord's house. Don't forget the few announcements I gave you earlier. And look in the bulletin. Most of those are in there. I want to challenge you to read your bulletins. We really do them for you. We're going to be dismissed in a word of prayer. And John's going to lead us a little chorus as we go. But I'm going to close us in prayer. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I do thank you for our church. Help us, Lord, to always, always remember that we are brothers and sisters. And because of Jesus, we fervently love one another. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. I'm so happy and here's the reason why Jesus took my burdens all away Now I'm singing as the days go by Jesus took my burdens all away Once my heart was heavy with the load of sin Jesus took that load and gave me peace within Now I'm singing as the days go by Jesus took my burdens all away. Men were dismissed this morning.